Loving Liberty Network is excited to present Ask an Immigrant, a weekly radio show by Lydia Wallace Nuttall and immigrants from all over the world who share their personal stories as to why they came to America. Lydia is the author of Forgotten American Stories, Celebrating America's Constitution, and an executive board member for We the Kids, with the mission to put God back into America's history and to inspire kids to value liberty and our United States Constitution and to be proud to be Americans. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Ask an Immigrant. We are so excited to have you listening to today's podcast. This is a show that's dedicated to helping us and our rising generation to value, have gratitude for, and appreciate what we have here in America. And I just think this is the greatest country. Um, I've been around the world. Um, I have a lot of love for America as well as other countries, but I am here. I'm proud to be American. You can be too. And today we have with us Jill. Jill, welcome to Ask an Immigrant. Hi, Lydia. Thank you so much for having me your show. I'm really excited to talk about my immigrant to America. Well, we're excited to hear it. Yeah, Jill, uh, tell us where you're from. Like, where do you live right now, but what country are you from? So I'm from Ontario, Canada. I was born and raised in the greater Toronto area. I spent most of my time growing up in Toronto, the big city in Canada. And currently, we are in Jupiter, Florida which we love. And, and Jupiter, Florida, tell us kind of is that the southern part, Panhandle, Atlantic Ocean, we're, Gulf Coast? Sure. We're on the Atlantic side. We're about two hours north of Miami um, okay. and about an hour north of Fort Lauderdale. Okay. So everyone, uh, Jill and her husband, right, have an appointment uh, in a few months to meet with the consulate of the American embassy. So tell us what this appointment is for. What is it all about? Right. So during coronavirus, we came down to Jupiter, Florida, because we had owned this property for a few years. It was like our safe getaway spot. And we came here on an extended uh, visa, essentially, to stay here, create a business, uh, so we wouldn't have to go back to Canada during coronavirus. So we did all of that, and now we are, we've worked towards an E2 visa, which is a business investor visa, and we have an appointment at the Toronto uh, location, which is the U.S. consulate location in Toronto uh, in March. So we finally interview for our visa, and there they tell us yay or nay if we can stay for the next five years in the U.S., and you know, hopefully God will give us a favor and let us stay. Well, we will definitely send prayers <laughs> his way on your behalf because, yeah, it's a wonderful thing to be able to have a dream and start pursuing it and have an obstacle to uh, continuing to achieve that dream. And it's wonderful to be able to have that obstacle removed. So we wish you well with that. So tell us why then specifically you want to stay here for another five years. Is there more to that besides being able to keep doing your business there in Florida? Well, essentially we created the business 
in order to acquire the visa because we were already doing the business in Canada. So we are real estate investors. We own properties in Canada and now in the United States. Um, so my husband is a very intelligent businessman who has been investing in real estate for quite a long time. And we have always wanted to be in the States. My husband and I, since the time we met, we said we would immigrate to America. So we've been married this year, I think it's 13 years. And from the moment we met, we said we want to go to California. Well, <laughs> California is kind of a disaster the way that I see it right now. It's a beautiful place, don't get me wrong. Yeah, in terms of taxes and all of that sort of stuff, we eventually decided that we wanted to come to Florida. It was an easier drive for us because we, we used to like to come down here and drive. Uh, and so the story went that basically we went on a mission to find a property that we knew was going to be our little safe haven while we were still in Canada, and eventually we would make that our home spot. Uh, and, well, coronavirus happened, so it actually worked out in our favor. Uh, we were a little telepathic, actually, in, in that regard, because we were like, something's going to happen, and we're going to have to utilize that Florida property uh, more so than just a vacation property. And so we've been using this property here as both a rental and a vacation property for us. So it's had dual purpose. And so eventually during coronavirus, we decided that we were going to sell some of our properties in Canada, take the money, and then use it to properties in the United States. And we're talking about multi-unit properties. Um, and so... We've done that. Uh, we've met the requirements that is needed for the business visa under real estate investor. And basically, that is our plan. And we hope to expand our business here. We hope to be here permanently uh, and just expanding our business in the real estate world in America as opposed to in Canada. So it's a lot easier to buy properties in the U.S. comparatively to Canada. I don't know if you're aware of the real estate prices in Canada, but they are outrageous for a single-family really? home. We're talking three-bedroom, two-bathroom. You're talking six hundred to $800,000. If oh, you're in the goodness. city, like in Toronto alone, a million won't even buy you a nice property. It just won't. So we had to start looking outside, and we always knew we wanted to be in the U.S., and Again, it was seven years ago that we brought, bought this property, and we just fell in love with this little area in Florida that we were, every time we had to go home, back to Canada, we were so sad. It was almost <laughs> like in tears in the car, oh, crying, because oh, I just, I didn't want to be back in Canada at all. And I was just like, why am I leaving this heaven on earth place to go back to Canada? <laughs> And so we knew that we were going to make it a permanent thing, or at least try to. So tell me, what is going on in Canada that is driving the home prices outside the reach of the means uh, of the typical Canadian? Well, immigration, 100%. So our immigration levels are exceptionally high in Canada, like beyond the pale. I think most Canadians aren't happy with the current government and their immigration plans. So we're talking like a million people here now. That's that's what wow. they're getting. And you have to keep in mind, like Canada is a much smaller country than America, right? Like we have 38 million people to 40 million people living in Canada. So a million people a year. 
And the plan is to get 100 million Canadians. So they've got some serious plans for immigration for Canada. And, I mean, it's changing the nation completely. I mean, even five years ago, the country was very different than it is now. There's a lot of political upheaval in Canada. There's a lot of problems. I think during coronavirus, it was really highlighted at how tyrannical our government became. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you followed the trucker rallies, mm-hmm. uh, but they basically froze <laughs> yeah. the bank accounts of anyone that donated to the trucker rallies, and they simply were protesting the mandates, which were enforced by the federal government, saying that all of the federal workers, including truckers, had to be double vaccinated, and anyone who was for medical freedom flee, or fled rather to Florida. And so Florida for us Canadians, I mean, it's difficult for Americans to understand this, right? Because, I mean, a lot of Americans are against Florida. But if you're a freedom-loving Canadian, you saw Florida as this beacon of light during coronavirus. Mm -hmm. And there were so many Canadians that got out before they issued the mandate, which was you had to be double-vaxxed to even travel within Canada and then travel across the United States. And by the way, that is still in place. That mandate still exists for the United States. So you, if you are a foreigner, you have to be double vaccinated to come into America. So under Joe Biden's government, this is still happening. People are kind of questioning, going, what's going on? America's supposed to be this freedom capital, and we have this going on. So I really hope that that comes to end, because even Canada, as tyrannical as it was during coronavirus, they ended all of their mandates. However... There are still universities that you can't attend if you're not double vaccinated and things like that. So we got out before any of that happened. We applied for an extension. So none of that affected us because we're not double vaccinated. And we lived a glorious life in Florida. And I always will have, you know, such fond memories of being able to live here for 10 months during, you know, such terrible time in Canada and really coming to the United States. And a lot of people, even lawyers in America that had talked to immigration lawyers, they had made the point of saying, you know, you guys are like refugees. The double vaccinated in Canada are being ostracized from every facet of living. Like we couldn't enter hospitals, go to schools, we couldn't go to restaurants or travel. You couldn't even travel across country if it was on a train or a plane. And so they were like, yes, seek refuge in America. And that's what we did. And so for that, I will always be grateful. And I said, you know what? If this is what they're doing during coronavirus, what are they going to do next? What is the next step for them with this authoritarian sort of government that we have? And my husband and I both firmly said, we're not going to be a part of that. And so we made sure that we put pedal to the metal, got the business uh, in order, I mean, obviously, it's more than just coronavirus, but that was really uh, the straw that broke the camel's back. That's really what got us into gear. So are you, like right now, you're just doing business visas, which have limits as far as how long you can stay. Are you Mm -hmm. thinking of ever citizenship in America? And is that possible? Is that how difficult is that? At this point in time, my focus is simply the visa. Um, The visa for an investor is five years. Uh, And again, like our goal is to just acquire property and to expand our business. 
so that in itself is really what we're focusing on now. I mean, obviously for us, uh, the dream is to be permanent residents here, to have a green card eventually. But like I said, I'm just, we're really just kind of focused on the nitty-gritty right now. Like I, I don't want to get too ahead of myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, let's just take it one day at a time, Lydia. <laughs> let's just well, make it to our two children. So, so sorry okay. to interrupt you. There's a bit of a delay. No sorry about that. Um, we do have two children, and I would like to raise them in the United States. Actually, both of my children have spent more time in America here in Florida than they have in Canada. How old are they? One of them is four and a half, and the other one is going to be two in April. Oh, little ones. You've got two little yeah. ones. Yeah. So what would be your dream? Okay, so you are hoping they can spend um, their life here in America. What, what are some of your dreams that you have for them here that they, that they could have a potential of achieving that, or are there dreams that you have for them here in America that you know wouldn't take place if you stayed in Canada? Right. So I do think one of the most amazing things about America is the opportunity here. It's just incomparable. Like in Canada, I was a, I was a television broadcaster. And so you reach a certain point, like I worked in, in Toronto, which is the largest, I think it's like the fourth or fifth largest media market in all of North America, which sounds really, really? great. Wow. Yes. And so there's a lot of television stations and newspaper and radio stations However, once you get to Toronto, that's the big show. And after that, where do you go? Like if you're, uh, you know, somebody who aspires to be bigger and bigger and these sorts of things, well, the next step is obviously you would go to America. That's really where you have to go because there is a, a feeling effect in Canada that as time goes on, you feel it. You just go... There's only a certain amount of money that you can make in certain fields. There's only so many places that you can go in terms of your career um, just because the taxes are so heavy and just because so, there's just not the same amount of people. Therefore, the opportunity is lacking. And so I will say, like, I want to be able to give my children much more opportunity than even I ever had. And I know it sounds so crazy to say that, right, because I'm coming from a first-world nation. I'm not coming from, you know, someone who's from Africa or something like that. Right. But there is a feeling in Canada, and you feel it. Uh, the entrepreneurship that exists in America is not available to Canadians. So if you are an entrepreneur you don't stay in Canada. You just don't because the taxes will kill you, number one. And, it, you know, our, our laws are different. We don't have the same laws that benefit entrepreneurs the way that Americans do. Here, everybody I meet is an entrepreneur. It's amazing. Maybe it's just this area that I'm in in Jupiter, but I meet so many small business owners, which when I go to Canada, everybody just works for the government. And so, sure, if you want to work for the government, Canada's a great place. You can have a great salary. Uh, you know, you can have wonderful benefits. But you're in that job for 30-odd years, right? You're not – it's a different thing. If your mind works differently and you're an entrepreneurial mind, you're going to feel really repressed in Canada. And so for my children, 
I obviously want them to go into the business that we're doing or potentially an entrepreneurial business. And the best way and place to do that is in America. I also will say that the opportunities for sports are, are much more here. If you come, like I come from a very athletic family, and I was an athlete myself at a very high level in, America, in Canada, rather, and you just, everybody ends up going to the States. Plus, I guess, maybe oh. hockey. Hockey, you would stay in Canada <laughs> because we do have really great hockey programs. But yeah. if I want my child to play golf or tennis or baseball, there's so many more teams here. There's so many more athletic pursuits here. It's just mind-boggling. Like I come from like a place you think Toronto. Oh, there's so much opportunity in Toronto, but there isn't comparatively. And plus, you have the weather here, right? Year-round, you can play sports. There in Canada, you can't. Like eight months a year, you can't play baseball. You you can't play golf. You can't play tennis. That's why there's so many snowbirds from Canada coming down here because <laughs> they're enjoying that weather element, right? Yeah. So yeah, if I want to get my kids heavily involved in in athletics, this is a great place to have them do that. And there's a lot of private school opportunities. There's just a lot of opportunities for school. Like I don't have the money to send my kid to a private school down here in Jupiter. It's very expensive. But I can tell you the homeschooling, there is a massive homeschooling community down here, which again is foreign to me where I live, we do not have those sorts of things in place. Maybe in pockets of Ontario, you get it, but certainly not where I live, which is uh, about two and a half hours north of Toronto. There's just, it's a dead zone. It's just, I can't express to you the amount of opportunity there is in every single facet. Like you want a doctor. Okay, sure. Like in Canada, we have the free healthcare, right? Which is great for some things. Don't get me wrong. But here, if I want to meet with a specialist, I just call them on the phone and I have an appointment that day. You have no idea as a Canadian, this is so foreign. We have to go to a GP, get a referral, and then wait six to eight months for specialist appointments. In America, I can just pay. I can say, okay, well, that's a $500 appointment. Oh, I have insurance. Okay, I can just pay, right? Like. It's a very different thing in Canada. I mean, there are, there are pluses and minuses to both. Don't get me wrong. I'm certainly not saying that the Canadian healthcare system is totally bad. It's definitely not. Uh, but there's just different things here. There's just different ways to go about things that are very exciting that are also fresh and new for Canadians because we don't have those in Canada. So I hear... Um... There, there's a lot like our young single adults, maybe a little bit older <laughs> adults, our younger generation of Americans really wanting something called socialism and mm -hmm. being taught that capitalism is just the enemy of growth, um, that it's the start of selfishness or greed or um it, it just capitalism just has a whole negative it's been taught to our younger generation that it's a negative thing do you have any thoughts to share with that regarding capitalism socialism because um, a, a lot of students will say hey we want what canada had canada is doing great they have socialism that's you know so that's really a good thing we want that in america so share with us if you can your thoughts on that 
Well, I'm running away from Canada, so that tells you <laughs> how great the socialism is. Uh, Canada is a famously socialist nation. It is very different than America. Um, I mean, we have that free health care system, right, which is not free health care. This is such a myth. Uh, we have very high taxes to pay for this system, and it doesn't Tell cover us. everything. Tell, okay, Sorry. so I, 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 that, that I want to capitalize on is, okay, so it's not free health care because the citizens of Canada have to pay for that, so it's not free, and that you pay for it through high taxes. Do you know, like, how high are taxes? Is there, a per, you know, a general percentage? Like, right. is so it half in, your salary? Is it more? Is it yeah. less? No, it's insane. It's outrageous what our taxes are. It's, okay, so in Ontario, our HST, which is the harmonized sales tax, is 13%. So that's on all goods and services, everything. 13% on what you're already paying. Okay, so we have a tax for everything. They literally have a tax now. They want to be able to, they're saying that they're not going to do it, but they're making you record it now. So that tells you it's coming as a principal sales tax on your primary residence. So they want to get their hands in every bit they can. And socialism and, you know, these high taxes, think, okay, well, Canada would have beautiful roads. They'd have gorgeous hospitals. They would have, you know, all of this infrastructure in place would be beautiful, but it's not. It's failing everywhere. If you go to Toronto, the Don Valley Expressway is crumbling. The Gardner Expressway mm. bridges are collapsing. You're talking about seeing rebar through bridges. Our hospitals are in disarray. We have hospital bed care in hallways. We have, like I said, specialist wait times to eight months. You know, I had my son at a hospital in Toronto called Sunnybrook. It was, it was famously dirty. I mean, I can't even describe to you how dirty this hospital is. And they talk about Canada being a first world nation. Well, why you can't even clean up your hospitals? And the truth is all of the money that's allocated for the health care is going to salaries in health care, which are exorbitant mm. salaries. So, I mean, listen, <laughs> I guess you could argue there's some good. I mean, like, if I break my arm, I would have free health care. But it's not free. Like... Again, the harmonized sales tax in Ontario is incredibly high. You're talking about 13%. That's not even what you get taxed on your own salaries, depending on what your price or your um, pay bracket is. If you're making over 100000 I think the tax rate is something like closer to 50%. I mean, you know, Canada's taxes are outrageous. So wow. here... When I come here, they have something called homesteading, which I hope to take advantage of. Uh, you know, they also, I think the, the sales tax here is like, do they even have sales tax? It's like so low. I think it's the uh, income tax. They don't have income tax. We have that too. We have every tax under the sun in Canada. <laughs> you know, anyone who's an investor is like, no, 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 no. I got to pull my business out of here because there's just, it, it, there's such a, a low margin to make money when you're getting beat over the head with taxes. I mean, my my property taxes here in Florida are pretty high, considering they are. I think they're something like $4,000 a year. That's pretty high. But I live right at the ocean. So, I mean, and my lifestyle here is much better. And I, so it's it's a different thing. But, yeah, the socialism question, I, I'm running away from it. 
So I don't think it's something that's so wonderful. Uh, and this whole mis- misnomer of, like, free health care, come to Canada, come to our hospitals, and you tell me if you think free health care is all it's cracked up to be. I mean, I'm not for the the expense of, of the medical system here either. I mean, I, there should be some sort of happy medium. I'm not saying institute socialized Medicare here. I don't think it works at all, especially doesn't work when you have immigration levels the degree that Canada has, because that healthcare system is supposed to be for Canadians, right? Free healthcare is supposed to go to people whose families have worked and earned and paid taxes for years. I don't think it's right that somebody who just comes in from another country lands on Canadian soil and gets every single benefit under the sun that a Canadian gets who's been paying into the system for decades. I mean, this seems outrageous to me. Um, You know, I haven't really navigated the insurance system in America to the degree that I would like. Uh, but again, like I said, when I want to go see a specialist, it's a lot easier to procure one here than it is in Canada. And list a lot of Canadians go to America to have essential surgeries and MRIs and things like that, and they don't talk about it. But the truth is they skip the border, they go over to Buffalo, or they fly to New York, which is like a 45-minute flight from Toronto, and they go see some of the top surgeons in the world, and they get, you know, whatever surgery it is, and they just the money because they don't want to wait in the Canadian system. So which is better? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned uh, earlier how high you have so many people immigrating to Canada Uh from other countries. And right. and they're actually getting all this free these free benefits that you as a Canadian have paid into via all your high taxes, but the Canadian government is just giving them all these benefits. I'm, I'm sorry, uh, that the Canadian government is giving them is giving all these immigrants that are coming into your into the country of Canada. They're just giving them all the benefits that you as citizens receive even though you paid into it and they didn't they're just handing them out so what i don't understand is how can that sustain how can that be sustainable i mean there's that silly word that we hear all the time but how could that be sustainable for the country of canada to be paying out way more than what canada is getting in from taxes and how can it be sustainable if they're paying all those taxes they're getting from the citizens to the employees of the government? Right. How, it's not sustainable. How does this work? <laughs> it, it isn't sustainable on any level whatsoever. I mean, this is why you're going to see the lifestyle of Canadians down and down and down, uh, simply because this is not affordable. And I mean... You know, Canada isn't exactly known. Like I said, it's entrepreneurship, right? I mean, what does Canada create, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, we we don't have a tech industry like they do in the U.S. Like we, we don't have any of that. We have people that work for the government or some facet of the government. So it is, you know, I don't want to use hyperbole here, but, like, the way that I see it is it's, very, it's soft constantism. And I don't want anything to do with it because... You know, the lifestyle will be diminished for Canadians as it has. I mean, like I said, like 10 years ago, my life in Canada was better. My taxes were still high, but at least I was getting more out of it. Now I'm getting less. So you're talking about something that is not sustainable. 
unbridled capitalism not okay with either, but like I mean, what Canada is doing with all this immigration, they say, oh, well, we need immigrants because our birth rates are lower. Well, I think you can just cut off the immigration valve for a while and just see what the population is going to do. And salaries will go up, housing prices will be lowered. I mean, it's very, is it lost on me? Like here I am set to become an immigrant of the United States, right? But it's a different thing because I'm coming in as an investor. It's a different thing. I've invested deeply into the country. And I'm also, I mean, I have familial roots to America. My great-grandmother was born here. Half of my mom's family lives in California. Uh, So we do have ancestral ties to America. And my my husband's grandfather was from Florida. Um, So it's a different thing. But you're talking about people just kind of coming to the country and then taking over jobs that Canadians do, which is one thing I will respect about America is they are careful in that regard. They want to make sure that an, an immigrant comes to America, that they're not taking a job of an American. You have to prove your value and your worth as an immigrant. You have to prove that you can do something an American cannot. Canada does not have this rule. Can't, you know, we have immigrants that are taking jobs of Canadians all over the place and people would argue oh well you know Canadians aren't willing to do those jobs well I don't think that that the solution is a million people a year (laughs) right like I just to me our immigration levels are an obscene and you're talking about a system that is imminent collapse I mean the debt load in Canada is trillions of dollars it's just Mm. it's it, it, it is not and we're not even getting into the social issues. Like, I mean, we're talking about fundamentally financial issues here. Like, Canada is not a place where I want to raise children, period. After what I've seen, I say, listen, I'm 31 years old. I've lived there. I was born there. I'm 12th generation Canadian, if not more. My ancestors built Quebec City. Um, you know, I'm an original Canadian. And the things that I have seen in the last 10 to 15 years in Canada has made my husband and I very much say, we don't want to be here anymore. We need to go somewhere else. And that place is 100% America. <laughs> well, we are happy to have you here. I'm, I'm, uh, it's been fascinating to hear your journey, uh, just even the mental process of, of, of weighing things out. Canada or America? Canada or America? Um, is there something that... Okay, you mentioned, especially over the last decade, you've seen a lot of things happening in Canada that are, uh, could I say, alarming, uh, that Uh you don't want, Um, Uh such as, for instance, taxes to continue to go up and up and up. Meanwhile, goods and services, roads, et cetera, are deteriorating. Um, I, 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 uh, you're description of what your hospital was like as you were having your baby is kind of telling <laughs> of of uh-huh. what the quality is like there is there anything else that you saw uh that was concerning to you that led you and your husband to go you know what um this isn't working either with this besides what we already talked about because then the next question is is there something about canada that you will miss that you mm. would miss uh, okay, so to answer your first question, absolutely, there's Christian prosecution or persecution rather happening in Canada. I'm a Christian, uh, and 
the persecution against Catholics in particular is 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 bad. I mean, during coronavirus, they were arresting pastors. Uh, you know, they were shutter, shutting down the churches. You know, last the amount of vitriol that is thrown against Catholics in particular, with you know the whole residential schools thing, which ended up not being true. Uh, and, you know, we're having churches being desecrated throughout Canada, uh, the burning of churches, I think it really? was up to, oh, yes, and uh, I, I don't want to say the number because I'm not sure, but I think it was anywhere between, I think it was something like 40 churches in the last few years have been burned. Uh, we're talking about arson, like you mm. know, an accidental fire. And, you know, we're seeing, uh, I, I just feel as, as a person who is a European, a, a white person, there's a lot of anti-whiteness happening in Canada. And I mean, these are social issues that we're seeing in the schools, which in Florida in particular is really great with the critical race theory and saying that they're going to obliterate it from the schools in Canada. It's at a fever pitch. Um, I don't mm. want to raise my children in schools that are teaching gender theories and all of this sort of stuff. I think it's weird. Um, and I guess that's why there's such a big homeschooling environment here in Florida. And homeschooling is becoming a little bit bigger in Canada. But again, like you have much more socialist mentality, right? You have the much more liberal mentality in Canada that I fundamentally disagree with. And so not on every issue, but certainly on issues of Christian persecution and what they're teaching children in school, which I deem to be inappropriate. Here's a great example. Uh, I live in a small town, like we moved out of Toronto to a small town about two hours north of the city. We get quite a bit of snow there, it's very cold. Um, and my, I met a woman at, um, at my child's school and she told me that she pulled her kid out of the primary school. He, I think she was eight years old because the teacher had been secretly grooming her in that she shouldn't be a girl anymore, that she should be a boy. And the little girl was coming home and saying, Mom, I don't know if I'm a girl anymore. I, I You know, I'm questioning it. And she's eight. And this is happening in a small town where I live. Mm. So there's not diversity of opinion in Canada. I mean, if you're, if you have any sort of conservative views in Canada, this is a problem. You have to understand. Uh, I don't care really what your views are, but you should be able to have a diversity of opinions on, uh, you know, particular views. You should be able to say how you, what you think without being persecuted. But, you know, like anything to do with abortion, if you're somebody who's pro-life, you will be maligned, you will be seen as a social conservative, and they will, uh, you know, literally uh, toss you out of the political parties. Like, I mean, in our progressive conservative party, if anyone is a pro-lifer, you know, they have to hide this fact. You're not allowed to have this political view because Canada is so vehemently pro-abortion. So I just would like to go to a place where I don't feel like a freak, that would be nice where I don't feel like I'm weird because I'm pro-life or I'm a Christian. And in Florida, it's wonderful because you have so many Christians here. I was telling somebody the other day that in, in America, I can, I can talk about God openly in just a regular conversation. 
and people will agree with me or not, and it's not seen as weird or anything like that, but if I talk about God only in Canada, I say, oh, praise Jesus, or something like, you know, something like that, they'll look at me like I have two heads. Mm -hmm. And it's really sad because, you know, I grew up in a country that was very Christian, and things started to change around 1980, 1981. That's when they started pulling the Lord's Prayer out of the schools. That's when, you know, it started to become more and more atheist. And Canada, I would say, as a whole, obviously there's pockets of Christians, um, but as a whole, you know, Christianity is declining. And with all the immigration and all of those religions that they're bringing in, like Islam is a good one, they're increasing. You're seeing more mosques being built. You're... Uh, you know, things like that. So to me, I just, you know what, I'm seeing things I don't like here. I'm, this country is changing at a very rapid pace. They don't want you to say Merry Christmas. They want you to say Happy Holidays. Uh, you have differing opinions on social issues. It's not just like, oh, we have a different opinion. That's cool. We can still be friends. No, you're literally uh, ostracized from social life. Like, you don't have friends. It's it's a very, mm. it's not a nice feeling to be like, well, I'm the same person. I just, I believe this. Okay, well, you're evil. So, you know, this is the mentality. There's not a lot of room for diversity of opinion in Canada, especially in cities, wow. especially Toronto. So anything you would miss? Would you, are you still, both have family there that you would miss? Uh, yes, but, you know, our plan would be we would come, you know, we would go back to Canada for, you know, Visits. a month or whatever it would be to see family. But, yes, family, absolutely, that would be the number one thing. Other than that, no, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you have to understand, I'm somebody who has thought about this for a very long time. I've lived in this. I've changed my life uh, considerably to to get this goal. Uh, ever since I was a little girl, I wanted to live in America. It's wow. like it used to be, I, I can remember being eight or nine years old and telling my friends that I would live in America. And they were like, why? Canada's amazing. I was like, no, America is where I want to be. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I'm a kindred spirit. I don't know what it is. I just, I love it here. And I just feel like I was born in the wrong country, to be honest. That's how <laughs> I feel. <laughs> so if you could share with us a one-minute message to Americans, especially our younger generation, and I'm not saying just little kids, but even our young single adults, teenagers, those that are, you know, young parents, etc. if you could share a message with us, what would it be? Uh, well, I definitely think that um, you have to value what little freedoms you do have. And even though you live in America and you take it for granted, perhaps, that other countries around the world, including Canada, which is a first world country, which you would never suspect, uh, you know, we don't have the things that you have here. We don't have the same opportunities here. Uh, people take it for granted. I mean, during coronavirus, I would tell people what we were enduring. I would tell my American friends here what we were going through in Canada. I'd say America truly is a refuge. It really is. And they wouldn't believe me because they're so used to having such a great life here. 
they don't realize like first off if you don't value it and you don't fight for it you will lose it and that's the other thing that I admire about Americans there are a lot of politically astute Americans who are very conscious of the fact that you can lose your freedoms um, and they are fighting and there is that fighting spirit in Americans which I feel other nations do not have and I think it's so important to keep that fire because it's special and not a lot of people have it. Um, I certainly think Canadians are very docile sort of, you know, passive people. They don't really necessarily understand this fight that Americans do, but I don't know on instinctual level Americans have it and you should be proud of it. And I know that there is a lot of people around the world that can hate on Americans, but I think a lot of it's just resentment. So I think that you, sh you know, you shouldn't change who you are and that you should value these freedoms and that it's so important to, to understand what's going on in the world, like to not have closed m mind to what's going on and to understand you have to fight for what you want. And so that's my message. Like I just think <laughs> taking things for granted is very dangerous because you can lose things very quickly. I mean, it happens so fast. So you have to stay on top of things politically, big time. Thank you, Jill. Thank you for sharing uh, your experiences in Canada, your, the wisdom that you've gleaned uh, in, in the process of comparing life in Canada or life in America, the bravery that you've had to come here. Um, good luck with <laughs> your uh, interview in a couple months with the consulate in, in the, at the American Embassy in Toronto. Um, we wish you well. I love your entrepreneurial spirit is wonderful. I, I do love that part about America as well. And um, thank you for sharing with us to help us open our eyes as far as what we have here in America and so that we don't take it for granted because we don't want to lose it. Uh, well, uh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks for being an ask, ask an immigrant, uh, for everyone else who's been listening. We want to thank you for joining me and Jill today. And if you or someone, you know, is an immigrant to America and would like to be on ask an immigrant and share your story, then you can contact me at Lydia at LovingLiberty.net. That's L-Y-D-I-A at LovingLiberty.net. Thank you for joining me and Jill, and we encourage you to go forth and stand up today for liberty in your life. <laughs> <laughs>